Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. Tyler, say what's up. What's up? We've got a fun one coming up. <laughs> yeah, this is a good time. It's, it's that time of year. Yeah, we yeah. are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Dugan Darnell. What up, big dog? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for making this part of your routine, I think. <laughs> like, I think we're at that level right now, aren't we? Yeah, yep. Every year it's, before spring training. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. We'll let you do your thing and try to catch up a little bit during the during the season. But it's this is that time of the year, and it's great. Like you're down in Arizona, where we got we got kind of off topic before we started. So sorry to you all for the little late notice there. But uh, you're down in Arizona doing a thing. How's it been going? What what have you been doing? Like how are you feeling? Like you look good. You look Thank real you. good. So Thank you. yeah, feeling good. <laughs> feeling good. A lot of. Uh, a lot of hard work this off season. Um, kind of wanted to attack training um, and just making sure you know I'm strong, mobile, ready to go. Um, and then yeah, I've got I got down here probably early mid January. Um, just been you know working out with the guys, um, using the complex, the training staff. Uh, it's been productive and enjoyable. Who else is down there with you? Uh, there's Maybe quite a few people bit. now. Um, there's probably close to 40, 50 guys now. Um, so there's big crowd. Uh, but when I first got down here, it was probably 10, 15 guys somewhere around there. So, okay. uh, mostly older, maybe triple a big leagues. Um, but a few younger guys trickling in here soon. So, okay. Yeah. We talked to Chris McMahon last week and he's, he's doing his final trips around Florida back, mm. back up to Pennsylvania before he makes his way out to Arizona. Yeah. And I saw Shunky, Shunky Monkey made that long ass trip from Georgia oh, yeah. to Arizona. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, I mean, let's start with it. We love love here. So congrats. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Congrats on my, that engagement. Uh, yeah. My biggest achievement yet. It was a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to the wedding. Yeah. Do you guys have a date set for that? It'll be late October, early November of 25. Okay. All right. So giving yourself some time to figure it all out. Okay. A couple things to get done. Uh, a lot of planning and yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Good luck with that. Godspeed. Yeah. It, it is. It's a grind. Been there. Yeah. It was what nine, eight years ago when we did all that, and it was it was stressful. You have to <laughs> set up all the schedules. Like you're also being an adult, trying to be an adult. She's being yeah. an adult. You have to be adults together, but also like yeah, be adults for every other buddy else. It's it's a wild <laughs> ride, man. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm gonna need the good luck. So. Yeah, no, that's that's exciting though. Yeah, that's congrats, congrats on that. Thank you. Was she surprised at all? She hates surprises, so <laughs> I had okay. to kind of let her know, but not let her know at the same time. So, um, it was just enough where it's tasteful, but um, yeah, she she hates surprises. So, I, I get that. I'm I'm kind of married to that too. So I I feel you a little bit on that. You're you're trying to be spontaneous and cute, but yet you can't be because yeah, it's gonna go bad. Not something you want to spring on on. A- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Just get to say, hey, this is gonna be a really important night. Not gonna say anything else yeah. about it. This is we're gonna have a no nice time reason. tonight. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just get your nails done, and that's not you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, so you're you're down in Arizona. Uh, I'm assuming you're in this new lab that the Rockies have going on. Mm-hmm. Are you you down there with yeah. that? Yeah, I'm not super familiar with it, um, but I have used it once, um, and it's been enjoy very enjoyable. A lot of data um, that they'll give you, um, and that's you know that's pitch metrics. That's how your body is moving, um, whatever have you. And then, um, they'll get with us and work with us on, you know, what they see and all that and how to use the data and all that. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I feel very lucky to have, you know, um, this type of thing at my disposal. So, and I know a lot of my teammates and peers are in the same boat. So we're, we're really looking forward to it and we're, we're, uh, feeling lucky to have access to it. Yeah, it's got to be valuable information, good data to go with and try to build off of it. And so, like last year, you had you had a tale of two seasons that Hartford to Albuquerque jump that uh, was, yeah. which like it was pretty exciting to see you in the in Isotopes and uh, down in Albuquerque. That was sweet, but the 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 stories were a little bit different. So like the the stats, like you were what sub two ERA in Hartford, like strikeouts galore. And then the ERA in Albuquerque, like around the six ish, but the PCL is a beast. And see, <laughs> going and diving into a little bit of that. But so, like, what was some of that? That okay, so this is what this league is about. This is what the PCL is about. Moments you had last year to kind of, I don't know, get you kind of geared up for this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's different. Um, and anytime you go to a different level, it's going to be an adjustment. Um, so I was, just basically just trying to keep keep calm and uh and, and understand that it's going to be an adjustment um and just kind of just kind of ride with it um and i basically after a couple outings few outings and ele- especially in elevation um just kind of understood that it, it's a different approach um instead of out stuffing people and maybe trying to just um generalize things you got to be a little bit more um in tune with who you're facing, mm-hmm. uh, be a little bit more in tune with the hitters' reactions in the box, how they how they react, how their swing looks um, to your stuff, and um, just kind of be able to pick up intel quicker, and then be able to uh, really tunnel your pitches because um, you know if if you lose movement in elevation, you're really you're really relying on uh, command, you know, commanding the zone, commanding location commanding your stuff and being able to layer pitches and create deception kind of mostly down in the zone um so that was a big adjustment for me um and i'm glad that it happened and i'm glad that i was able to work through it um because now i feel prepared to throw an elevation and sea level and anywhere so was that your first round of, of pitching at a competitive – well, just pitching at all at altitude and yeah. especially, like, in organized competition? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's insane. I know that, yeah, you're, every little metric about your, your pitches might change, like, you know, 10%, 20%. You'll lose some of that that vertical break on the mm-hmm. fastball, which I know is something that I think probably in the in the lower minors in AA, I think that you get pretty good ride on your fastball at times, and that's – not going to play nearly as well at, at altitude. So right. that's got to be just like a big shocker being like, Hey, I can't throw that pitch the way yeah. that I was comfortable doing right. it, you know, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like you said, that's, that's the biggest, uh, third of my fastball, big weapon. Um, and then 
just having to be able to sidestep that and be able to understand that, okay, maybe, maybe I'm not going to get that vertical break, but I still will get the uh, effective velocity. So say 92 out of my hand, 93 out of my hand at sea level, you know, maybe that's not, maybe when it crosses the plate, it's 85, 86. Well, in elevation, 92 out of the hand, that's going to be like 88, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. So it'll be, it'll get to the plate quicker and you just got to be able to learn how to use that to your advantage. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that idea like out of the hand or out of the hand compared to when it crosses the plate. Like you just assume it's going 95 the whole time, but like that's going to make your pitch movement, your the way you've created your pitch definitely adjust a little bit. And that yeah. actually makes way more sense to me. Like, I've, mm-hmm. yeah, pitches act different, but like how are they acting different? How are you creating that pitch right. to be different yeah. later and using that at different levels? Yeah. And you're not like going way away from your strengths to try yeah. to play to the strengths of elevation. It's just right. It's just being able to adjust a little bit, you know, to basically layer your pitch, you know, choose your tunnel and be strict with it and kind of, you know, if you can end the at-bat in four pitches or less, you've done your job. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because I remember talking last year with you. That was one of the big things you took from Australian ball to Hartford is not just get out there and throw. Like you, you, I remember you saying you kind of caught yourself. You had a sequence that you're going into that at-bat with, and that's what you were going to do instead of adjusting to batters. And it yeah. looked like you did that at Hartford pretty well. Like you, like those numbers kind of show that. Yeah. So I'm assuming you also took that with to Albuquerque, but you just kind of mentioned, I'm still trying to fix that. Like, yeah. is that, is that different level from double A AA to triple A with these different batters? Just that yeah. much different? Well, no, I, I mean, absolutely. Triple A hitters um, are triple A hitters for a reason. So they're, they're definitely better than, um, the double hitters, but I will say the auto with automatic strike zone, um, mm. top of the zone was not really an option. Um, if you're going to go up there, it's for a swing and miss. Um, so I guess just yeah. being able to, you know, for in Hartford, maybe I could use the whole zone, um, and kind of just pump fastballs at the top and off speed down. Well, even if I missed by a little bit up top or down low, I might've gotten a chase. Well, they're, they weren't chasing. There's, they're very, very disciplined hitters in triple A. So they're not going to chase, um, especially with the ABS, they're going to make mm-hmm. you come to them, you know, and they get immediate feedback from the scoreboard. So, um, that's definitely an advantage, but it's, uh, there's advantages for us that we could use too as well. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, and I won't ask you what those advantages are, but I, the I didn't even think about the ABS too because I was thinking of the pitch calm, like that was kind of cool. I was going to ask you about that, but oh yeah, I love it adjusting <laughs> right, like having that quick thing and yeah, like, it's so great, and that's pretty easy to adjust to and communicate with like whoever's behind the play, whether it's Brian or Willie or whoever. Yeah, like that was pretty easy. Super. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the crazy part about the ABS I never thought of is that as a batter, you get to like really feel out the zone knowing you're not just feeling the zone. You get to be like, oh, okay, I was that's that's about where I was thinking that pitch was Um, or okay, that was a little, you know, more outside than I thought or inside. So Mm -hmm. I I didn't even think about that. That's that's a crazy thing to have to kind of adjust for as well mentally and and physically that those guys are going to be more more locked in. Right. 
And so it's just even more of a point to, you know, be, be productive in your first pitch, but your first three pitches, especially, um, you know, it's once I kind of settled in, uh, in Albuquerque, that was kind of like my main thought of like, okay, how, you know, how productive can I be on each pitch in the first three pitches and more times than not, when you get two out of three executed pitches, you, you have an out. So, um, so that's basically just trying to keep, keep my mindset small like that. Um, and kind of just try to get better every day, know that, you know, there will be adversity. Um, but how can I use that to get better and help the team win at some point if it's not that day? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, so with, I guess the ABS going back to that, like, did you ever talk to like Carl or Noah? Just there's other guys that went from MLB to AAA. Like, did they talk about like having to adjust from ABS to no ABS, like how the major league hitters, like they're already disciplined enough up there, but like you still have that different, you have to pitch to what you're around. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know if I've had a specific conversation um, with anybody uh, regarding that, but I do know that some, some of the time uh, they might get away with a call, you know, um, here or there, but for, as many calls as you get away, maybe you don't get a call you might have gotten with ABS. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of give and take for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I'm just, it's interesting to get a hands, hands first experience with it. Um, I guess, I mean, so this is kind of cool for us right now. So Ezekiel Tovar is in the uh, IG lab, uh, IG live feed here, and he says he is the best. So you just got a shout out by Ezekiel Tofar, dudes. <laughs> and like, that's gotta be cool to hear. Like, that's sweet. <laughs> Love that. Love Thank you for hanging out, Tovar. That's awesome. Yeah, so he's a man. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll talk him up a little bit here, but it's like, who I kind of like this question. I might've asked you a while ago, who, who are some of those dogs behind you that you just love to have like pick? Cause like oh. the Rockies are fantastic with infielders who can pick it. Like you go, you can go across the AAA roster. Like you got Shunky, you got Stovall who can do whatever. Whole organization. You got, yeah. you got dogs across the board and it's, and it's something, um, I guess after winter ball, I mean, there was a lot of talent there for sure. Um, but you really don't know what you have until you're somewhere else. Um, and our infielders are pristine. And I think I took that for granted. Um, and I went to winter ball and I came back and it's just been a whole new appreciation for that. I mean, they're making incredible plays look routine, um, mm-hmm. incredibly consistent. Um, and they're professionals. Who's, who's one guy in the system that I'm um, we, yeah, everyone, everyone's got something going on, but someone that you maybe don't think gets enough love with the glove. If you well, have to pick one guy. Um, great question. That is a great question. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I knew I do know that out of the infielders, um, Stovall and Shunk. I mean, they've been incredible. I haven't played with Tovar for a while, but I know. I mean, his season <laughs> yeah, speaks for like... itself. He's he's a professional. Um, and then I think maybe Kyle Datris. I think he's a he's a grinder as well, and I don't I don't know if he gets enough attention. Um, he definitely 
he's definitely impressive. He was he was fun to watch in Hartford last year. He was I, I I've been calling him that dude Datris for yeah. fun. <laughs> like, yeah. He always had some kind of big moment. The, whatever yeah. moment was there was, it was never too big for him. And you're I uh, I know I call him a grinder or a gamer. He's yeah. he's a gamer. He's just the ultimate. Like he's got the it factor. You know whatever it is that you know helps a team win, he's there in the big moments. So yeah, he he's a dog. The, that Tar Heel blue, he bleeds that. Also, like I think he was, he might have been roaming the streets when they beat Duke. Don't let him hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, right. Not a big fan of Tar Heel basketball either, but like (laughs) he he is that dude. He's he's been fun to watch too. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, All right, so like some fan questions. This got got a few. Um, Love it. Is a hot dog a sandwich? (laughs) <laughs> like that was from Babsy on Twitter. And you, as soon as you meet Spilly, he's probably going to ask you that too. So just preparing you a little bit for that. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Yeah. No. Why? Yeah, I, I, hot dog's a hot dog. It's its own category. Right? Okay. I, if I, you had to, would you consider it a taco? Like if you had to go sandwich or taco, would you no. Would you go for the taco? Not. No, not. not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not either it's or. Just, it's a neither. It's not. Yeah. It's a, it's his own entire entity. Absolutely, I agree with that. I do too. Um, this was a good question. This is by Nate uh, on Rocky's Twitter. Uh, what are you? What's kind of your off season stuff that you've been working on? Uh, like, what is you kind of uh, talked a little bit about what you've been working on, but like, yeah. what's the adjustment that you've been working on? Like that story you put up yesterday. You got some pop on that fastball. Thank like, you. That was sick. Yeah. That was fun. But yeah, it's kind of. Um, so yeah, I just been. Um, I guess pitching wise, I've been kind of in between. Um, big project this off season was adjusting my slider, um, get a little bit more depth on it, um, and then just basically deciding what I wanted to do with that slider, and that would be um, to help alleviate uh, right-handed hitters. Basically, mm-hmm. attack being able to attack right-handed hitters and being able to dominate both sides of the plate um, on any given day. Um, so basically just working on new shape of the slider and then, um, adjusting some, a little bit of mechanical stuff, but not much. So it's been, uh, majority of the focus was training, uh, physical, physically mm-hmm. and, um, family time. And then a couple pitching, uh, pitching, um, differences, but majority of the same stuff that I've been doing. Yeah. That's and good. I'll, I know I'll be yeah, keeping a close eye on that because if yeah that third pitch really shines through, yeah. I think that could yeah open up a, a lot of different stuff, especially when you've got you know that that splitter breaking arm mm-hmm. side. Like you're gonna having something that's breaking away from a, a righty could like yeah make that not fun for them yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, that was my main focus, and um, it's been feeling feeling good, feeling nice. Um, and I'm excited to kind of start facing some right-handed hitters and working on some sequencing and um, just being able to, um, again, like I said, dominate both sides of the plate on any given day. Let's just go. Let's, let's, let's go run through a wall right Boom. now. Let's <laughs> Real, Aaron Shunk in the in that live video here on the IG live. Oh, doogie doogie. Uh, <laughs> I can sure, I'm sure you're like picturing him his voice saying that to you real yeah, quick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. He's my man. Uh, 
Do you have a ball near you? Do you have? Can you do, get, do a little no ball? Okay, I was gonna have a, for a pitch grip vid or whatever, but uh, yeah, I can send you a vid. I don't have a ball in my backyard. All good. All good. You, you get comfortable. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> you stay comfortable. Um, all right, and then you said you did some family stuff. Like, what was a good highlight of your off season? We'll, and then we'll send you on your way. Uh, but what's some what what fun stuff did you do this winter? I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, Aside from getting engaged, um, I went to Nashville with my family. We had a nice, nice little weekend there. Um, saw my cousins out in Kentucky, um, California. So, um, but mostly we we just kind of laid low in Michigan. Um, enjoyed family time. Had Christmas and the holidays at home. Saw my relatives. Um, Thanksgiving at my grandma's house. So I got to see my grandma and hang out with her um those it was a really good off season love that I, I we we've talked a little bit like offline just in the chat and stuff but detroit detroit food scene it's up and up and i'm imagining you got out there which just being able to what's your what's your favorite go-to restaurant or cocktail spot or soda spot so to speak when you're in downtown detroit We frozen in Detroit. Yeah, in Detroit. Sorry, cutting in and out. I didn't hear anything. Okay, so food scene, Detroit. I I know okay. you've dabbled. I've seen you out there a little bit. We've we've been to the yep. same place a few times, but not at the same yep. time. Uh, what's your what's a good spot that you kind of found this off season? Because I know you were out there for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so a go to spot for. My no. fiance and I. Can, <laughs> we're, can you hear me? We lost you a little bit. You said go to spot, then you you we lost you. <laughs> uh, Maybe this all is right, a so our go to spot is Townhouse. It's called Townhouse. It's oh, downtown Detroit. Yes. We uh, we love that spot. The service is amazing. The servers are amazing. Um, yeah, we we love it. I yes that place is awesome it's been a it's been a hot minute since i've been there but that place is fantastic food is great drinks are great yeah um, yeah i mean it's got it's got a menu that my fiance has fallen in love with seems <laughs> 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 to be a regular spot for us that's awesome i love that still still staying with your roots and still finding ways to get out there and do your thing in detroit and yep. area that's awesome absolutely that's great dukes i appreciate you hanging out with us go grind you know we got you and oh, uh it's Let's go. Let's go shake the room, big dog. Let's go shake the room. Let's do it, man. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks yeah, for having best me. Best of luck Thank this you. spring. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Tyler. Yeah, you too, Dugan. Cool. See you guys. Later. Dugs, man. Love that guy. Yeah, lived up to the hype for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I know I know he's been a favorite and I hadn't gotten the the, the privilege and pleasure yet, but lived up to the hype for <laughs> sure. Yeah. And dude, we got we got some fam in the in the ig live yeah here. dude yeah that was a yeah a, a big shocker and then just cool seeing some chunky interaction too yeah hunter uh, stovall stopped i i missed it before i got, could get duke so dude splitter is nasty dog duke so <laughs> shout out to hunty chunky tovar that was insane so this is fun man let's go baseball season is right around the corner we got yeah. we got a, people heading down to arizona we're in the lab we're doing cool stuff so like it's here. I, I got the itch. I can only imagine what they're feeling. 
Yeah, we're in our own lab, but like there's just like so so much going on on <laughs> like on that front. Yeah, it, it's totally. I'm getting that every year we we've been doing. I guess the, I don't know if this is our. I think this is the third year I've been doing pods at coming into spring training. When you get that real childish feeling as you enter spring training, opening days, like a month and a half away, a little more than that. Just it's it's exciting. It's good to <laughs> eat. My it's, gosh. Yeah, it's it's ramping up. It. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll move on. Like, I'm just excited. It's like it's live, man. Like, it's it's here. We're bringing the levels right like, back to back to reality. We got we got <laughs> pods going. We're doing banter sessions. We got some some writing happening. We got some big stuff happening on our end, and I can only imagine like what they're feeling down there. So it's sweet. And what's really gonna hit is when they're all at the waste management next weekend, or is it this weekend? That's <laughs> usually this, the, this weekend. Yeah. That's the or sign. No. Like spring training's yeah. here, and they're yeah, all gonna be see, together like, hanging out. Kyle Freeland is a lock for the waste management open. <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs> I mean, if there's one guy I had to bet on, he, like if if there was a Vegas line, he would be like minus a thousand. <laughs> like, yeah, management. I'm ready to lose my money if he's not there. <laughs> uh, but that seems like a lock. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's around the corner and it's uh, absolutely awesome. So that's great. We have some news to talk about. So let's get into the actual pod. Like, I, mean, I don't know how we follow up Duke's Duke's banter session there, but um. Let's talk uh, prospect profile brought to you by daily controls Our one and only ad and just love this guy. He actually got me something, Tyler. It's been a hot minute. He finally got me something to read. And so I'm going to read it. Daily controls LLC is an industrial automation controls engineering company that is excited to provide and apply its 13 years of experience in the industrial automation and robotics industry. Data control services include PLC programming, HMI design, and stop me if you actually know what any of this means. Vision inspection systems, robotics integration and programming, control panel design and fabrication, system integration. That sounds fancy. And dude man, even trouble man's troubleshoots and supports. Data controls is dedicated to pro- reducing that downtime, improving quality, and increasing output. If you push buttons and aren't blinking or your robots aren't cooperating, trust data controls to get your equipment running smoothly. Go ahead and check out more information at dailycontrolsllc.com or email info at dailycontrolsllc.com. So huge shout out to Daily Controls. Thank you for that. And we are, I'm going to prospect profile Ronnie Ugarte. Not somebody I was really familiar with. I had a, I kind of had a system. Oh, come on. Of how to pick this. And so this guy spent a few years in the DSL. Uh, was Rakes. He's a pretty big human which yeah. is for like an 18 year old <laughs> uh big yeah. first baseman down there 164 bats those 33 rbis 897 ops guy imagines he's in the acl or fresno coming up uh he was on your prospect board i don't know if you can add anything to it he was number i think number 99 on your list on your top 170 ronnie garte shout out yeah and i'll i'll give him some some extra credit just because I, I've been a, a major slacker on on the list. If you're not in like the top fifty, I've just not been making the big adjustments. He he's someone who should be a few spots. A few is a very uh, relative term. He should be at least a few spots higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, numbers are, are very solid. The DSL and as you said, he's, he just turned nineteen like a, a month and a half ago, and he's six foot three, two hundred five pounds. Just giant. Dude brings some some heat out there. Uh, you know he's raking. I, I like this to see, you know, the high walk rate for a, for a kid already. 
Uh, so really hoping he can he can get some time in Fresno. We know for sure ACL at least, but maybe he's going to get a, a little bit of time at Fresno. Um, you know, they need some thump. Uh, they're always yeah. in need of thump there. The Rockies don't draft a ton of hitters. So a lot of that hitting talent has to come from, uh, you know, the DSL and, and all the international signings. So hopefully we see Ronnie Ugarte hanging out in Fresno pretty soon. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting what that squad looks like coming up because like a few years we saw Yank and Juan come up together, and last year we saw Dion and Andy Perez starting there. So there's a lot of that Latin Latin America talent, international talents coming through Fresno to start. So keep an eye on down there on our boys from the Fresno Grizzlies. So I don't know what do you want to start with first? Maybe we just start with this question, Josie. Ooh. Over under on the Rockies wins this year. So there's a lot of just this discord little banter online the what was it copta or capta came out Dakota, yeah Dakota came out with their predictions 58 wins i think fangraphs has us at what 61 62 i i I think we saw you the other day i forget already i think has to be low 60s if not high 50s right i mean really the range is like the range i've seen i think is like 57 to 61 or two yeah the A's are projected to have more wins than the Rockies in both some. So, which I don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> right. And it's, and it's so weird, that. right? Like it's weird to think about that because we're so hyped about this team. Just since there is so much talent around, obviously it needs to grow and be a little bit better, right? Like you have exciting outfield, like two thirds of the outfield is pretty solid. What can Doyle bring with the bat? You got left side with Ryan Mack and Tovar, solid dudes, right? B right up the middle, First base with KB, but who fills in? Tolio, Montero, like you have talent there. Pitching, right? We've talked a little bit about that. So, and then the catching, it's, it's coming up. Like we're excited. We're in a good place, right? But over, under, put the number. You set the number. I'm Oops. usually the guy that sets the number. You set the number. Like realistic Ooh. Rockies fans biased. What do you put the number on? I mean, I guess we could kind of do, yeah, now we'll, we'll, let's say, Kind of in the middle, I gave the range of 57 to like 61. So 59, we'll go 59 and a half. 59 so we half. think they're going to hit 60 or more. And I think that's a nice whole number to be working with. I, I mean, I think yes, because these are these lines, the way they're set, obviously last year is going to set the, the wind projections in the toilet. But something has to change at some point. The Rockies are not right. going to be a sub-60 win team forever. I mean, this was, the I think, the first time ever that they won less than – uh, then 60 game, it had to have been. This was their first 100 loss season. So first time they'd ever lost more than than uh, 100. And it's hard to imagine they're repeating that. And the only way things change is for things to change. And, and I don't think you can project that so easily. That's not what projections are about. Projections are trying to say, here's what's likely. And change is right. not always likely. That you think about guys like Doyle, him having a, a better season. Brendan Rodgers having kind of that breakout season. There's so many different things that could happen. There's plenty of things that could go wrong, but we sort of saw that last year. Did we, did we not? Yeah. Um, just so everything that could did. It was like two, the arguably the two best, most, I would say most consistent two most consistent starters basically didn't pitch at all last season. At some point, every guy in the original starting five was, was on the injured list. Chris Bryant, like so many things went wrong. You know, I'm going to take the over for sure. The over on 59 and a half. I personally would want to set it at like 63 or 64. That's kind of what I was half. thinking. Yeah. I, I think we're going to see low mid 60s. 
chance for high 60s you know if someone really breaks out and and that's again that's the only something has to happen at some point it's just the way that baseball's always worked right and you got to imagine everybody gets a little bit better the next year next time around like we hear about sophomore slumps but there's so many adjustments that go into it so you got to you got to expect Brenton Doyle is going to produce a little bit more with the bat with the adjustments and all that kind of stuff got to expect Tolia made those adjustments at winter ball and has fixed that part of it and he's going to come in hot like and then the pitching it can it can only go up like there can only be right like well there's that Noah and Carl have an entire season under the belt and i kind of know what the big leagues is about so you got to hope that's there ryan feltner coming back there's just so many of those oh crap that happened last year that can only go up coming here so i i would i would agree with you you're 64 and a half i would think we're mid 60s i don't know about brian 73 i think everything would have to hit like we'd we'd have to have like two or three big breakouts from some, from somebody like we need Nolan Jones last year, the same Ray Mac doing what he does. Tovar adds a little bit more thump with his bat. You know, he like was fantastic with the doubles, a healthy B rod, 160 games of B rod. I don't know, maybe, but 70 seems high, but <laughs> I mean, I will say that, that the way this team set up, like, again, everything went wrong last year. The rotation was just super, inconsistent and that hurt the bullpen um the lineup you lost a few guys and then you're left with more holes and, and with the second you add a big bat into that lineup it makes things a little bit easier for everyone so like adding in theory a, a couple wins to the lineup might actually yield more impact than that right and you know we've seen some i don't want to say hate i don't think it, i don't think hate's the right word on the rockies rotation going into this year you would hope with health being a little bit more in order maybe there's i mean there's always going to be pitching injuries right. but also the addition of cal quantrill dakota hudson i mean those are two pretty significant ads and i mean for other teams especially hudson hudson is not finding his way into another rotation so easily but cal quantrill is like going to be a fourth or fifth starter in pretty much any rotation the rockies added him and it just seems like that has not been considered i don't i, I would yeah we had a lot of money on in our betting theme. Kyle Freeland's going to be at the waste management. And I, I think that the Rockies rotation is not going to be that close to being the worst in baseball. They weren't last year. I don't think, I don't think by, uh, by a lot of, I mean, if you look at ERA, of course, they're always going to be yeah, at or near the bottom, but if you look at things like war, certain metrics that adjust for the park, the Rockies, I, I don't think the rotation is going to be last in the league. And that's something that, that people were kind of talking about as a foregone conclusion. And I just don't see it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to imagine that. And Dakota and Cal definitely bring that that extra depth to it, where you have the the question marks behind it. And we've talked about that on the, a few other pods there. So, hammer the over, whatever whatever betting responsible app thing you use, bet responsibly and hammer the over. So it's just it just seems a foregone conclusion. And we'll see if we're eating crow or cashing in. We'll we'll see what happens at the end of the season. So, I mean, along those lines, Rockies made a move. I don't think it gets <laughs> you from 62 to 63 wins, but it's a move. Uh, it's an interesting one, but not. <laughs> so let's dive into this a little bit. Rockies yesterday signed Bradley Zimmer to a minor league contract with an invitation to spring training. So we're now at 67 cats coming into <laughs> big league camp. 
it's pretty obvious what this move is. The Rockies were looking for left-handed outfielder bat, preferably one that could play center field. That has been drilled into us since mid midwinter, uh, the winter meetings. We knew this was coming. There's three, four needs they needed. They've addressed all of them except for that one. We got that guy. Wasn't anybody that you listed on your article that you can find on Blake's? Yeah, you slipped my mind totally. That's it was crazy to see that. I know yeah. Skylar Timmons, purple right? row. He he Good pointed it out. That's that was pretty cool to see. So I don't know. I, the question I want to ask you, and then you can dive into your thing, is does he make the big league squad? Is he on the 26 man opening day? And what kind of impact does he kind of bring to the boys in purple? So I'm thinking. I know we had, we had a discussion in in the our group chat about this. I I mean I think the odds of him making the twenty six at any point I really don't think they're that high. If you see what he did in AAA last season, his strikeout rate was was very close to forty percent, and that was in like eighty games pretty much. Like half a season struck out almost forty percent of the time. He hit just over two hundred in you know about half those games were in the PCL, and he hit mm-hmm. two nineteen in the PCL. Uh, 31 games with the Dodgers triple-A uh, team. I, I, he's he's not the same athlete as he once was. He is uh, just recently 31. He's no longer that young kid who can just burn it out there in the outfield. I think there's still that that workable skill set that he can go play center field still. There's, there is still pretty big power there. He's always had that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to throw this in there. If, if you told me in like 2016 – that Bradley Zimmer would be a Rocky in 2023. I would think that'd be a really good that'd thing. That'd be so cool. He, he was a kid when he was coming up. It was like, oh, yes. this guy is going to be, uh, you know, even if he doesn't like hit at a super high level, he's going to hit enough and he's going to hit for power and he's going to be a you know crazy dude out in center yeah, field. So he, he, yeah, there's still some of that, that glimmer on him. And I'm just hoping the Rockies can find a way to be like, hey, dude, like put the ball in play a little bit more. You have that power, like some, sometimes you're going to be able to kind of sit back a little bit more. But if there can be a couple key adjustments, and you know, obviously I haven't watched him enough to know what that that's going to be, then I think he could make the roster. I don't, I don't think it's opening day though. I, I just have a hard time seeing that um, as a guy who again struck out almost forty percent of the time in AAA. Just to put him on the opening day roster would be a big, big jump. You have Doyle and you have Jones who can play center field and. You know, once once a week, a little bit less than that, when Doyle needs to take a take a seat. Um, and I think I mentioned Jimmy. You have Jimmy Heron, and he's someone that that deserves a shot too. I, I think that you got to view Zimmer and Heron in, in somewhat similar territories. Yeah. yeah, the only thing is Heron's not left-handed, and I don't know. Like the Rockies wanted that left-handed bat. And I think that's why I'm disagreeing with you where he does make the opening day roster. How I asked the question, I think that's why I agree <laughs> with everything you said. To be fair, he his he hit 207, but his OPP was 321. That walk rate was still 11% yeah. last year at in the PCL, which, but does that have anything to do with the ABS system? How does he adjust with that? Like going back to the Dukes conversation, that might be part of it. Dude still stole 20 bases and 305 plate appearances. So there's still that speed and he did it at a 76% clip. So he does bring that to the table. He's exactly, he's Brenton Doyle B version. Like he can man the outfield. He can hit left-handed. He has MLB experience. 
I think this just checks all the boxes that Buddy and Squad like, which makes me think he is the 26th man coming in. <laughs> I do think his leash is really short, though. I don't think it's a Castro long leash. I don't think it's a Profar long leash. I think it's, all right, you have about a month to do what you're here for, and it's to be a seventh inning on replacement, steal some bases, go play defense, and just kind of fill in like once every 10 days for Brenton. If he does that, okay. I think he's he's sticking around, but I think his I think he's a foregone conclusion. I think he's the twenty sixth man. I, I really you know I wouldn't hate it nearly as much as he saw. Like I we were we were in the Castro corner last year for sure, but seeing him stick around for as long as he did was right. It was fun at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we wanted to see Hitton Harold do his thing, <laughs> uh, but. Zimmer, I think I, I will say I, you know, I was trying to take that stance of like being as as reasonable as I can, taking all my my hopes out of out of the equation. I honestly wouldn't mind if he's on the the twenty six man because he's a talented dude. Yeah, uh, it just has come down to those strikeouts a lot. That has mitigated the success he's been able to have. But he checks he checks every other box: fast, power, center field, defender. Like yeah, the hitting the hitting is is leaving a lot to be desired, but there are workable tools there. Um, you know, he's, he had a, a bit of time off last season. I don't think he that was due to injury. I just think he was kind of bouncing around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe some freshness in the legs that that could lead to something a little bit more, um, you know, explosive than we're expecting. Right, and there's no such thing as a bad minor league signing. So yeah, we'll see that's how the, the most important thing to say. <laughs> and he's not like confirmed MLB spot. It's not a Jerickson profile type thing. So there is that going with it. And if Pacheco can work his magic, which he seemed to do with a few guys last year, like it maybe he can do something with Zimmer and Bam Bam doing his thing with some of the kids at the end of the last season. There seems to be some kind of adjustments being made and some kind of hope with that hitting part of everybody's game. So not a bad signing. It'd just be interesting to see if we're saying that in June, July, if he's getting the Castro treatment, that's kind of where we come. Like, be productive with what you're here for. I think is kind of my my expectation. Like, I don't need you to be a league average player. I need you to be a league average bench role and kind of let the kids play still, still type thing. So yeah, it's just good thing. Um, another thing we're trying to do, trying to build that community that joining us, like the love the live live conversation. So if you're in the chat and you got something, ask away. But the Spotify, Spotify is now allowing us to ask questions on the app and you guys get to answer it. So a huge shout out to three people, most that we've ever had. Let's go. Moving on up. Um, the question last week when with me and Patrick was, who gets the Colt Keith extension? Again, I think you, me, and Patrick talked about who gets the uh, Jackson Cheerio thing. Nobody got that. But <laughs> Colt Keith seemed a little bit more manageable. So here's some of those responses. So Andrew, Andrew Globenlick. Sorry, dog. Um Nolan Jones, seven, seven years, $80 million. Who says no? I mean, I think I like that. I think that's a steal. Doesn't yeah, mean the question because Colt hasn't touched major league action yet, but we, we'll come back to that. Kevin Green, who I agree with, Zach Veen. And then Skyfish, I'm assuming that, again, this is Skyler, uh, friend, OG, Twitter friend. Here we go. Uh, should be Amador or no one. He's the closest sure thing that we have. What do you didn't get a chance? You had the Colt Keith conver, uh, contract. Didn't get asked you that last time, but 
what do you think about Amador or Veen kind of getting that Colt Keith treatment there? I mean, it makes a lot of sense for for an Amador. Like, we'll we'll have a little bit of a segment on Amador here coming up. But yeah, we're going. He in. is a he's a really good player, and there's not a lot of risk with him. Which I think with the, the Tigers, they're like Colt Keith has no risk anymore, uh, and I don't think that's necessarily true. Of course, guys can struggle with that transition, but it brings yeah. a lot of present ability that's going to translate at the big league level. Uh, they didn't even give him like that much money. It was it was crazy because he hasn't played in Major League Baseball yet. We haven't still haven't seen a lot of those contracts, and he I don't I don't think it was a hundred million, was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Colt Keith got. 30 over five with the potential to get 80 over nine. Okay. Okay. I, so I think that's sort of why the, um, the Nolan Jones comment there kind of fits a little bit. It, it's sort of in that, that ballpark. Yeah. Like they didn't give him a ton of money. And I think for a guy like Amador, like if you can buy a couple free agent years or something there, like why not? Um, yeah. But I, I guess in the Rockies case, they have had some, not great payroll decisions. You think about Ian Desmond currently dealing with a bit of a strap payroll. They might not be so eager to, to ink a guy like that. And we know they have other guys they should be extending already. Nolan Jones. So he doesn't yet yeah, quite meet the criteria of this, right. con- this combo. And then Ezekiel Tovar like should be extended hundred percent. So I think it's tough to think any pros- true prospect is going to get that extension when you've got a two young MLB guys that, would be awesome pre-arb extension guys yeah you got to think tovar and his team is talking to rocky's front office about something in these next few weeks like patrick was saying there might be there might be a deal coming out and that was just his speculation no inside information there but it's you got to imagine he's next and then nolan jones is right after that but are the rockies going to be scared to do that after some of the other past incidences not to name names but there might be some kind of toe tapping the water there where it might be a little little nerve-wracking so it's just a fun conversation fun banter so continue to look at the spotify questions that we put up interact with us it's just a fun way for us to talk without talking and again if you're on our band on our twitter holler at your boys we're always here for the banter session follow us on instagram and all that all right shameless bug over i I think I'm looking at the rundown. I think it's time. Yeah, we got two more segments we got to do. Let's let's get feisty, dog. Let's get the skewers out. <laughs> so put some hot dogs, marshmallows on them. We're we're cooking. We we got some bones to pick with one man in particular. Second man, kind of, but no, second man's okay. Yeah, no, he can slide. <laughs> all right, prospect ranking. So I think it's pretty much done. Like I think we got all the big outlets got their stuff out and. Just real quick, MLB.com has got three three Rockies in. Yankiel, 72, Dollander at 52, and Amador at 28. Baseball America has their guys. Yankiel at 92, Beck at 81, Dollander at 61, and Amador at 36. ESPN, um, it's just one guy. I forget his name. but uh, Kylie McDaniel, yeah. Kylie McDaniel. Uh, Dollander, 93, Amador, 33. And then Keith Law Ooh. of The Athletic. <sighs> Yankee L82, Dollander 75, Sterling Thompson at 70. And no, nobody else. No, nobody else. Nobody else. <laughs> and of course, we bantered. We we quote tweeted it. And like, 
I'm still sticking by this. I don't believe his breakdown, but he's going to be if he he doesn't listen. He's not. No, he he'll he'll name search himself and he'll look at all the quotes and stuff. But this would be this would be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if Mike cuts this or not. Mike, don't cut this. We don't need to do that. We're just going to hold the receipts. But he doesn't have Adele Amador, and for his reasons, was he talked to scouts and they're not as high on him as other players in the system. And I know you got some things loaded up. My take on this, and hopefully I don't steal your thunder, is how does the scouts that you talk to take you out, take him out of your 100, but all the scouts, the other prospect ranking guys talk to and see and engage? Like the MLB.com guys are, they're all up in it all the time. And like, I know that because they're on the pods, they're writing all the time, they're doing their thing. Yeah, they're not being talked out of Amador in the top 30. And the even McDaniels guy, the um, who had just a few players on there, right? Amador and Dollander. He even said in his write-up that there's a pretty big drop-off from 40-50. Like the top 40 or 50 are all pretty close. And there's a pretty big drop-off of the bottom 50. So like he even has Amador as a top dog in the whole minor league system. But yet people that Keith are talking to, which whatever are talking him out of it. That blows my mind. I don't get it. I think it's an attention grab. I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't like his opinion on it. And he might be mad at me for having an opinion on his opinion. I just don't see a world where the people you talk to, the same people everybody else is talking to talk to you out of it. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, and, and something just to throw a little bit more, fuel in the fire there mlb pipeline they pulled a bunch of executives in the in the offseason that all their articles on that dropped pretty recently they they did a prospect polling who was the most underrated prospect and amador wasn't like in the top vote getters but amador received votes and i just want to think that in this process the guys are not voting for their own players i just think that's probably that's probably a taboo you're being asked, who do you think is the most underrated prospect in baseball? Yep. You're probably supposed to give opinions on guys outside your organization. Maybe that's not true, but I'm guessing that is the, is the way that they conduct that. Adi Alamador is receiving votes for most underrated prospect in baseball. And he's a guy who at the end of the offseason was already like a top 30 prospect. So, I mean, and I also want to throw this into the equation. Fangraphs, uh, they're not the you know pristine source of scouting information because – they have one guy mostly doing their scouting stuff. In 2023, at the beginning, of, like, I think this was about a year ago now, he was ranked eighth in the entire league <laughs> prospect-wise. So we have yet another source that is like, this is a really, really good player. Um, and, and a bit of Keith's kind of reasoning was he doesn't think that there's that much power there, and he's not a power guy. But he also had 10 home runs in 64 games last season. That's like a 25 homer pace. And your home runs. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. The, the hand thing, he, he still hit one in double A. Um, I don't think he's a 25 homer guy at the big leagues, but Keith Law is saying he's like a 10 to 12 homer guy. Oh. When Amador was 19, he hit 15 home runs in low A, and that was in 115 games. So, and, and, yeah, I don't, I don't know where to go with that, but it seems like a bit of an overreaction to him getting injured, coming back, not having a great ten games in Double A, 
And that seems to have really shot his stock down in the eyes of some or one. One. Let's say one. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. It, yeah, I don't get it. And he even said in his write-up, like he's adding mass. He's building up his body. He's still young and can grow. Like he even wrote that in his blurb about why he's not a power guy and how that's concerning. I, I doesn't, I don't get it. And I don't, it seems like an attention grab. It's like a click thing. I, to be fair, I didn't look at the rest of the list. I don't know the other prospects that didn't get called out. Maybe, you know, a little bit more cause you're a little bit more in tune with that. I'm pretty tunnel vision on that stuff. So I don't know who was left off. I don't know who were some of the big dogs, other people that he dogged. I'm not quite sure. Like if this was just a thing, was it just us? Like, is he just picking on me right now? Like, is he <laughs> like specifically saying you Aaron are wrong? I don't, I don't get it. I mean, he, there was that second list that he dropped of like, it was like 10 guys who were close to making his list. And we saw Amador on there. Some of the other ones, the, the one that really jumped out to me was, was Mick Abel with the Phillies. And I don't know where he's ended up on some other lists, but he's a guy that I'm like, you can't really justify him not being a top 100 prospect like he is he's insane he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball um spencer jones the second coming of of aaron aaron judge yeah uh he's not in in keith's top 100 a guy who is literally uh what is he six foot six and he steals he stole how many bases 43 bases this year at six foot six um, and then the final guy that really stood out to me was Carson Wisenhunt with the Giants. Another one he didn't put in his top 100 where I'm like, dude, it's Carson cool Wisenhunt to have your own in his top 100? Carson Wisenhunt, who Seriously? was one of the best pitching prospects in all of baseball this season. He's a lefty with, with a pretty good fastball and like an elite changeup. Yeah. That, Just, okay. That he, had a, he had a 142 ERA in high last season. Um, went to double a 3.2 ERA in his first year as a pro. I, yeah. So I think that that was one where it's like his opinions are, are cutting against the grain for sure. I, I, you know, will respect his opinion enough and leave it at that, but it doesn't quite, yeah, it doesn't quite click. And it's, it's all, I mean, I love Sterling Thompson. I was like, Oh yeah, Sterling Thompson. In the top yeah. That was really cool. Right. At what cost though? Like, <laughs> I'm like, how do you, how is Sterling Thompson a top 100 prospect? Um, you know, a guy who has not hit for power in the pros who by some accounts is not a, it's like a DH. He is like considered a DH by some scouts and prospect analysts. And he's at 70 while Amador is off in, the honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. That, that brought up another t- thing for me. It's another thing for me to get off my chest. I loved Sterling Thompson. Like I do think he is that guy, but everything he is, Amador is just a little bit better. Yeah. Exactly. Like he's a more well-rounded player. He has, he has a home in the middle infield. You like, you can slot Amador right now at second base. If you wanted to, like he would be fine. Not really quite sure where you put in Sterling Thompson, the pop, like Sterling Thompson is a 15 max homer guy. But the fact that he's ahead, he's the same type of player as Amador, but yet he's ahead of Amador. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. So, like, yeah, like what Brian said, it's equivalent to guys dropping <laughs> Helton on their Hall of Fame ballot. It's just so hard to believe. It's it's still mind blowing. Yeah. And like, I used to love reading Keith's stuff. Like, I would go out of my way to find Keith's laws articles everywhere. Yeah, I have a I have a book that he wrote. That's like, not. 
in I'd my like possession right now. But now I'm just <laughs> mad at him. And thank you for responding to me, Keith. I guess Blake Strebander, like that was cool. But without being tagged at an LS, without being right. tagged, yeah, he found us and whatever. And it was good stuff. Yeah, a lot of these guys need to be better at looking at prospects. So stupid. And that's his job. So I got to imagine he does have a reason. He does have a system for it. And imagine being one guy that's rating all of the prospects all on your own. Like, huge shout out to the ESPN guy that does it. Like, you're going to miss people. Like, I'm not well, discounting that. And that's where you're talking to a lot of people is, is a huge part of their job. The MLB guys, I they've grown to become my favorites just because they're, yeah. like, so funny when you watch their, like, draft uh, broadcasts and they stuff. have fun with it but like they are literally on the draft podcast like broadcast they're reading texts off their phones about what scouting directors are saying to them like they are making their own opinions but they're also being fed like all the information and they're just processing it like that at the end of the day is what happens so it's hard to to kind of understand what happened there that he tried yeah. to justify it by saying that exact thing like well i talked to all these guys but kylie mcdaniel included the last tidbit on this he included in his the, the ESPN list saying there, I'm talking to scouts. There is a consensus from everyone I spoke with across the industry that there's a notable and uncharacteristic drop off in the area of the list around 40 to 50, which is why his future value break. It's it's in that range. It goes from 55 to 50 in that range. And he had Amador at 33. So if he's talking to a lot of industry sources, Amador is still in that upper echelon before this uncharacteristic drop off. So someone is, talking to one guy or not or just like so i don't know it's yeah. it's not our place to speculate too much but something's not adding up it's no, something's off there exactly. whatever so that that <laughs> that is our rant and if you come at our guys we're coming at you like it's not okay you you gotta be rational buddy <laughs> you yeah. can make some rational takes there's there's stuff we're gonna take like you know there's been some the, the drew romo the zach veen stuff about having them non-existent on top 100s even though i still think those are two of the like six best prospects in the system i don't think a lot of people are agreeing with that right now mm -hmm. rational it's rational there's a there's a it sound argument to make yeah. i don't buy it but there is a sound argument to make that one adale amador not a top 100 prospect i i i think that goes beyond let me have my own opinion i think it goes far beyond that yep absolutely and we'll end it there and if we feel a certain way in a few weeks we'll we'll come back to it <laughs> it's, it's it's just something so i mean the rockies are getting love they're one of few but their top 10 like only 10 teams or so have like four or more players in the top 100 like across the board so they're they they have a good system going like the top the top 15 of the rocky system would be just head to head with almost any other team so it's good stuff just weird weird stuff at the same time all right let's end it uh let's end it with this we are trying to highlight each position group as we are getting closer to spring training a few weeks ago so me and tyler are doing the road to blake street so to speak every two weeks right now and so two weeks ago we talked about starting pitchers we gave our five or six deep players honorable mentions we could have kept going so if you need that go back to it it's it's uh i think it's also clips just itself on youtube so i think i did do that so if you just want to skip all the other banter go to youtube there but we are going to cover um the cover the what is corner it infield the corner infield first base third base all that stuff going through all that so let's start with that like we were just kind of talk about it we 
we're not including any anybody that has been in the major so it doesn't not include hunter doesn't include tolia ryan mcmahon obviously not not involved so keep that in mind as we're talking about the prospect corner infield first base third base prospects and all that kind of stuff so with that being said let's give our top five in the system going forward um i'm gonna start with sterling thompson i been on it again if you're new here go back and listen again it's it's a big thing it's he's got the major league ready bat he can he can stick in a lineup he you want him to hit first he can do that tomorrow he can hit ninth if you need him to it's just the big question mark where does he play i think he's slotted at third base for most of the 2023 season i had a crazy week i wasn't able to do all my research but i think third base is his home going forward second base is next he could slot him into a middle infield if you need to right it's just sterling thompson i think is a corner infield in the future and you're gonna find a place for him to play there yeah he played 479 innings at third base actually no a bit more than that uh 499 innings at third base and did not play over I think what, 114 anywhere else in the season, roughly in that that range. So mm-hmm. third base was kind of his spot this year, but he played uh, 25 games. Or no, I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to combine seasons <laughs> on the spot. It's I hard. played 14 games at second base this past season, and then in the outfield spent uh, you know close to 30 games in the outfield. So third base was his spot. Uh, it's kind of funny to think about him as a corner infielder because he's he's someone that right. now has this reputation as a utility guy. But I, I think for the purposes of this, he's absolutely a corner guy. I would love to see him play second base. That'd be really cool if he can stick there a little bit and just give you depth and be that left-handed bat that Rockies don't really have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to play in the infield. Um, so he's my number one also, I, and, and so I won't drop a ton more on that. I think there is some power that could come with this swing, which is really cool. He's such a, he's just a line drive hitter, but the raw power itself is, is there when he was drafted. It was some of the higher exit velocities in the draft class. Like he was, I think top five or so of like that, that first round plus like the, he was technically a first round pick as the, as a comp guy, comp round guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He was, I think top five in average exit velocity, for first round college guys. So it was like this, this dude can hit the ball hard. If he can start elevating a little bit more, maybe you're looking at 20, 25 home runs. And we know that, that the bat is there. He started walking a little bit more this year and the averages were, were pretty high raked in the fall league. So definite number one, I'll drop did, my number two. He did have 14 home runs last year. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. He, I mean, he had a, he had a, he had a run in double a where like he started off and just hit a few, which is cool. Uh, but Trying to trying to blaze through this so we don't keep everyone here. For, I mean, I don't think anyone, everyone's going to be gone soon anyway. Right, but, right. It's bedtime. Uh, number and this is where it, this is such a tough position group. Once you take out Hunter Goodman, who I originally had slotted, and then it was like, wait, yeah, we're not doing any big league experience guys. I got Warming Bernabel still as my number two. I think that there's a, a unique upside there with him. He has really quick hands. I think he's going to grow into average power. Fifteen home runs, twenty home runs. And I, he's pretty athletic. I think he could play, uh, you know, a little bit of second base too if you need, but he's, he's probably more of a third baseman going forward. But again, mm-hmm. I think there's kind of a unique upside there when you're looking at the rest of the prospects that play third or first in the system. So he's sticking at number two for now. 
and he's had a little bit of a drop off last year yeah. being injured and wasn't able to really find his groove and going doing his thing at double a that we kind of expected because he kind of blew doors down a few years ago when he got added to the 40 man like it was kind of a all right that's a guy that they they believe in a lot and it kind of came out of nowhere so hoping that 23 is healthy and he or 24 is healthy and he comes in and does his thing there's still a lot of upside defense is still a little bit of a work but he did make some solid plays last year that were kind of like jaw dropping so he does have that talent just making it consistent going forward he's number four on my list uh my number two friend of the pod aaron shunk just He's a dog, and his defense has gotten so much better. Whatever happened in that 2021 season, where up in, was it? Yeah, 2021 season up in Spokane. I think that was definitely an outlier. That's not who he is as a player. I think whatever was going on, he's past that because he's dominated in Hartford in 22 and AAA last year. Like If Ryan McMahon would have got down, knock on wood, God forbid, he Shunk was next up like he was doing everything he needed to the defense that he was able to do like catching balls against the net and making crazy 98 mile per hour throws across the diamond like on a freaking line it was insane and doing his thing with the bat too so aaron shunk is my number three little bias but not really because he has proven himself to be that dog and like yeah lewis i like this would be a perfect time to show a highlight of shunk but we can't do that because you ain't here dog Come on. So yeah, get out here, Mike. <laughs> yeah. What, what are we doing? You said you were off, but yet here you are in the chat. <laughs> I mean, make up your mind. <laughs> but Aaron Shunk, my number is my number two. Yeah, my number yeah. two. And I, I got Shunk as my my four. Uh he's a guy he he finds the barrel often. And we have the term barrel to describe balls that are hit hard and at like the home run launch angle. But like balls that are hit hard. Let's the bats the bats have a barrel and in finding the barrel of the bat is a good way to talk about hitting also. He he finds a way to just make a lot of solid contact. He's not going to bust the you know the the doors down hitting 25 home runs. I, I think he has this the pure strength to maybe do that, but it's just not his game. Um so I'm I'm a fan of his. He's he's been a, a roller coaster ride to follow. Where second round pick, really good debut. He finally found himself again in in the last like year and a half, and that was that was awesome to see. Um, and another guy who's kind of been a roller coaster ride. My number three on my list, Grant Levine, mm-hmm. who is someone we are fond of uh, as a dude. At some points in his minor league career, it's been like, okay, this guy might be like a super high on base threat, uh, hit for some power. But it's, it, it has been a real roller coaster ride with Levine as well, hoping that the season primes him to put things together. The raw power is insane. Like he is a big human. Um, he has yep. a great he has a great eye plate discipline. It, it's there. Contact rates are not bad for a first baseman that's, that's you know, got, got that power. Uh, but he has not hit. It's kind of like the Sterling Thompson. He's not hitting, you know, home runs. He's hitting – a lot of line drives, some, some you know, hard contact on the ground. Would love to see Grant Levine straighten some things out um, and really get on that course to be a, a first baseman for the Colorado Rockies, like be in that mix to yeah. get first base plate appearances. 100% agree. His walk percentage was 14% last year. I think I said that right. Yep, 14% at double A. So it's there. His slugging was 400 like he has his knack for the zone is insane. And it's just 
I'm hoping this is the year that it just translates. All right, now we're going to hit for power because he's still 17 home runs, 19 doubles, only 50, 60 RBIs. So the production that you expect from a big Grant Levine just what isn't there yet. But look at Hartford's lineup. It was terrible across the board. So there's not a lot of production that was happening in Hartford last year, which is a whole nother story. Just injuries like <laughs> It was just injured, and then there's the jump for high aid to double A that hurts it a little bit, and you just aren't quite sure where that stuff is coming from. So, like, even Hunter Goodman and Drew Romo struggled for a month at a time there. So, there is a little bit of that going into Grant Levine. He's number three on my list. I think I mentioned that. It's It's got to happen, and I think this next year it's got to happen now. So, hopefully he's starting at triple A. Not quite sure what the first base situation is. So, like, that might put him in minor league double a purgatory where he's back in Hartford because minor major league and triple a are full of, we don't know what to do with guys. And we talked about that a little bit already. So hopefully he's figuring it out. This is that year. Uh, we already talked about my number four warning Bernabel. I'm going kind of out there. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Kyle Karos drafted last year. Just, he actually got to play a little bit. I believe he was, started in um california league fresno 22 games in, in fresno six rbis no home runs no triples no a double though but performed respectfully at that rate 12 walks 17 strikeouts in those 96 at bats something's there he's he's a big he's a big fella too he has a presence about him six five two twenty big third baseman MLB pedigree, which I don't, I think should be taken into account. Like there is something about having that just growing up. Like you see it with Jackson holiday, like nothing scares that man. Like he's already humbled. Nothing's going to freak him out because he's grew up in the clubhouse. He kind of knows what it's all about. So I think Karos brings that a little bit. I'm excited. I got, he will start in Spokane. I imagine he'll start in Spokane. Um, excited to see where he comes with as like one of our three bats that we drafted last year and just seeing what, can become of that yeah he he was my my top honorable mention and I'll, i guess i'll just kind of give a, a round of applause to the to the other three that i had ben mccabe uh, he was a a day two pick for the rockies at you know the catcher first base kind of hybrid guy there's big power there kind of reminds me of hunter goodman a little bit um so if he plays a lot of first base i think there's a chance he could have a similar trajectory as mm-hmm. goodman i don't think he's it's hard to do what hunter goodman has done but I, I think that the the archetypes there, potential is there. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Got to give love to our, our guy, Zach Akoska. Um, okay. he, he, he found a home at first base. His bat just really played well last season. And then the guy I, I want to give a, a good amount of love to is Aiden Longwell. I think the Rockies drafted in the 17th round, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And this is me getting all geeky and stuff. But <laughs> he, was, he was one of the best hitters in college baseball last season. From those pure numbers, the pure number perspective, a 491 on base percentage, 679 slug, 1170 OPS. Like he was doing work at Kent State. Um, not a guy I expect to hit for a lot of power, but that bat could play, um, mm-hmm. you know, just getting on base a lot, a lot of contact. So he's one of the guys I'm most excited to watch from last year's draft class, as, has a chance to be like a really, really good value for that late day three pick. Uh, so Aiden Longwell definitely deserves some love in, in this corner infield discussion. 
Yeah, love that. Dark horses are our jam. Like Coco, Coco was doing his thing before he got injured, and he was right there. Beck Yankill and Coco were home run derbying every game. I'm adding Skyler Messenger to that list and AJ Lewis. Skyler Sky Messenger did his thing. Very professional uh, young man, just did his thing in California League. We'll see what happens as uh, he gets a little bit harder up in high A Spokane, but undrafted 22nd round. I think I would know that by now. But very late pick, uh, doing his thing and actually doing great with it. Uh, and then AJ Lewis just needs a shout out. He's not going to blow any doors down, but he is part of the MI, like head of the MILB union team. Like he's part of the, like one of three guys making decisions. And that's just awesome that he's make he's part of our organization making decisions that help the betterment of his his colleagues, so to speak. So just wanted to throw his name out there too. Like, and it, I think everybody loves AJ Lewis. Like everybody seems to have good things to say about him. So that's our quarter infield preview prospects. It's kind of, it's kind of light. <laughs> which, yeah. It's a little, we need some breakouts. For sure. we, we need something to happen. Cause you, I mean, you got Hunter and uh, Tolia up above in Montero. Those have been the three big dogs for a while. So where are we filling that in? And that's the fun about this prospect thing. Like, there are ebbs and flows of every position as we go forward. So that'll be fun. Uh, do you think any of these four, so Lewis, our producer, Mike, uh, do you think any of these four actually make their debut this year? He wrote an article. Go check it out, blakesreebanter.com. Um, Nick Bush, Hunter Stovall, Willie Mack, or Ryan Ritter? I mean, I was, yeah, it was just a, a list that I did not fully expect. That I think they're all you know, in the running, I want to hear from Nick Bush. We got to get him I would love to get back, back on, on here. Um, but of that group, you kind of have to look at Willie MacGyver until yeah. Drew Romo's ready. Like he is kind of that next guy up just seems like, all right, let's see if the, the young kid gets his, you know, can, can pull it off at the big week level. So I think that's gotta be the one, but Ryan Ritter is like the best prospect of the group. So he's going to get his shot when he is proven to be ready. Right. So I'd say that's like my one A and B. Of okay. That, of that. I would, I would go Willie Mack is like a one A Stovall two, Nick Bush three. I think just coming back from an injury, it's going to be hard. Uh, and then four Ritter, right. Ritter's a long shot. Fantastic season, but going from. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Starting in high a he'll probably be starting in high a going all the way up but it's gonna it's gonna be a grind especially for his position player with ezekiel tovar and a few other dogs in front of him it'd be sweet like if we had he got the hunter goodman treatment like absolutely so go check that out blakesreebanner.com and we're trying to ramp up the writing i'm working on something i know tyler's got something in the work draft coverage there's things that are happening behind the scenes that are going i have some ideas i gotta run by him tyler before i start shouting them out uh we're doing some things. So keep checking on Blake's your banner. Follow us on social socials. Our Twitter is our bread and butter. Blakestreetbanter.com. I think it's ST, I believe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know my own thing. Instagram, Blake Street Banter. We're on the YouTube. We're on Facebook, but don't go there. Uh, and just follow us on your favorite streaming platform, Spotify, pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, anything that you listen to your podcast on. That's where we do have the opportunity to make some cash that can be plugged back into this, where I can actually start paying some guys like Tyler and Lewis and Noah and Nick and Isaac, the whole squad. They deserve they all the work they do. They deserve some uh, 
extra bonus there. So follow us, share the love. Please, right now, go ahead and text it to your mother. Text it to your mom. We are your mom's favorite podcast. She just doesn't know it yet. Uh, I know I'm my, my, my mom's favorite podcast. And if you leave us a review, it's fun. Leave us a review. Write something on the Apple podcast. We'll read it on, on air. The two that are on there are pretty funny. So if you do go check out those reviews, uh, get, just giggle and it's okay. Um, anything else for the good of the cause, Tyler? Just, yeah, fun stuff is, is coming. Uh, the draft stuff. Won't say anything out of the, the norm from what we usually do. But if, you, if you're familiar with what we usually do for the draft stuff, we, we have cool breakdowns. It's going to blow that out of the water we'll it's, that. It's, it's a big year this is the year for bsb and i say that every year because every year is a fantastic time getting to hang out with you still haven't met you but like i feel like <laughs> we're bonded right like it's so no, crazy it's been, we've been doing pods since like 2021 yeah. i'm pretty sure so we're, we're basically best friends so yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good time we're just here for a good time and if if you're going to bring in that negative energy go somewhere else and just be creative with it all right uh, as always go rocks and the minor league affiliates Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.